Welcome to the Beyond Physio Podcast, where we help you move, excel, and inspire others on your journey to your next level with knowledge and advice from experts and testimonials from our like-minded community. Welcome to the Beyond Physio Podcast. I'm Dr. Jerry Yu, CEO and founder of Next Level Physio. Today on our podcast, we have Sean Pritchard, who is the CEO and founder of Inhabit. Welcome, Sean. Thanks so much for having me, Jay. And to interrupt our regularly tuned podcast, I'm going to have Sean take us through a breathing flow to our listeners. Thanks, Sean. Amazing, Jerry. I think this is a great place to start because by using the breath, we're able to not only center ourselves and ground ourselves, but really optimize our physiology, down-regulating the nervous system. And we're going to do a few things to start. So before I jump into the actual flow of this and guide us through this practice, I just want to talk about three main components of how to optimize our breathing. So the first piece, what's interesting is that over 30% of Americans breathe exclusively through their mouths. And that's actually linked to chronic fatigue, higher stress levels, sleep apnea, and even certain types of allergies. So one of the best things that you can do for your health is to consistently breathe through the nose. And the reason why is when you breathe through your nose, you pressurize air which helps you get up to a 20% uptake of oxygen in the blood by breathing both in and out through the nose. Powerful. Very powerful. You also turn that air to 100% humidity. So by adding in that additional moisture, it makes it easier for the body to absorb oxygen. The last piece on this I'll say before we jump into the other two components is that think of the nose as a filtration system. There was a study that was released in 2019 that saw that Folks that breathe both in and out through their nose activate the sinuses that releases nitric oxide. So this helps to combat viruses and bacteria. So next time that you're on a plane, you're in a New York City subway, breathe through your nose to get that. Only nose. (laughs) Yeah, only nose. Get that additional filtration opposed to breathing in through the mouth. All of those pollutants are just going directly into your lungs. So this is a great way to filter out by breathing through the nose. The second piece of this is the speed. So most folks breathe way too quickly and you want to be able to slow down. This is a heavily researched number to around five and a half seconds on the inhale and exhale. And the reason why, Jerry, is that when you slow down your breathing to that speed, you're able to get that air down to the lower parts of the lungs which are more rich with blood because of gravity. So if you take two people, one person that's breathing 20 times a minute, which is actually pretty common, which is a second and a half on the inhale and exhale, there was a study that saw that they were only using around 55% of the air that came into their body. And the reason why is it gets trapped in what's known as dead space in the trachea. So by slowing it down to five seconds on the inhale and exhale, which is what we're going to be doing here in a few moments, those numbers were able to be driven to 85%. So folks were using 85% of the air that's coming into their body. So this helps to not only reduce your stress and anxiety levels, but improve your performance and even power your sleep in a more effective way. That is transformational. I can only imagine if you go from 50% to 85%, what that can do to your life. Huge. And how you feel. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the last piece of this, and then we're going to dive right in, is to use the diaphragm opposed to the upper chest. It's very common when you watch kids, for example, when they start to hyperventilate, they start to breathe up high from what's known as the secondary muscles, which is the upper chest and the neck. And now 
what happens is that activates the sympathetic part of the nervous system. Think, you know, fight or flight, we're releasing cortisol, we're releasing adrenaline. And some folks are say that, oh no, the sympathetic nervous system is bad. But as you know, it plays a critical part of you know even the human story you know we go back to you know ancient times back when we're out you know cruising on the open plains and saber-toothed tiger jumps out that classic example well that sympathetic nervous system is what's going to protect us and help us and ultimately allow us to get out of that danger now the issue is that when we are in traffic today and Joe Schmo cuts us off in his Honda Civic, that same system begins to fire. So the best thing that we can do is be able to shift the breathing from up high, like as I mentioned, in the secondary muscles down to the diaphragm. And the diaphragm is actually the body's dominant breathing muscle. It's a dome-shaped muscle that sits right under the lungs. And when we breathe slowly through the nose, moving our breath into the diaphragm and expanding from this area, we are doing a number of things. One of the biggest things is that we're stimulating the vagus nerve, which is the main component of the parasympathetic nervous system. And this allows us to lower our heart rate, reduce our blood pressure, and reduce inflammation throughout the entire body. Now, what's fascinating about this, Jerry, is that a lot of folks think about breath work as like this, oh, when I'm stressed, I pull the... Um, emergency break. And it is very helpful. I think at stressful times, there are clear benefits to doing breath work when we're feeling stressed. But one of my missions, and which we've talked about in the past, is to teach 1 million people how to properly breathe by January 2027. And the reason why, as I, as I explained, is that this is one of the missing links to our wellness that nobody is really talking about on a big scale. So I've done 743 people so far. I've been blessed to be able to train those many folks. 744, 745 right there. <laughs> <laughs> About to get 744 and 745. And then whoever is listening on the other side of this, I'm just very grateful for your time and energy. And I hope that this helps you because if we can get folks to not only use this type of breathing when we feel stressed, but habitually, that's where the real benefit starts to come opposed to wow, I'm feeling stressed, I have to pull the emergency brake. I am consistently in this relaxed, focused, calm, connected state. So hopefully that helps the ground folks a little bit in the science. And just to recap quick, breathe through the nose, both in and out. Breathe slowly, ideally around five to five and a half seconds on the inhale and exhale, and use that diaphragm opposed to the upper chest. I, I want to dive into this further, actually, after we go through the breathing flow, just because there's a lot to unpack there. And it's I'm so glad you mentioned that because a lot of what we do also at Next Level, we actually do incorporate a lot of breath control as well. And definitely that has had an effect, I think, on our patients with our chronic pain, because now they're able to downregulate the nervous system or calm it down for anyone listening so that they can actually access movement better and have better options because of the alignment with the ribcage and the pelvis has changed too. But I digress, let's go into this, I'm really excited. Amazing, I love that. Yeah, let's go ahead and jump in and then we'll circle back on that in a few. Yeah. So for folks that are, whether at home, if you are driving a car, I would not recommend <laughs> closing your eyes. <laughs> but if folks are listening and they can find a place where they can comfortably sit down or lie down, I invite you to place your hands comfortably on your knees and close your eyes. Begin by taking a slow inhale in through the nose and letting it out through the mouth. 
again deeply in through the nose and exhaling out through the mouth. Last one here, everyone, deeply in and out through the mouth. For the remainder of this experience, I invite you to breathe both in and out through the nose going forward as you draw your attention to the bottoms of your feet with your eyes closed for those that are in a safe place. Scanning up slowly from your heels, making contact on the ground, to your calves, backs of your knees, hamstrings, glutes, low back, mid back, upper back, eventually arriving at the top of the head. Letting go of everything that's come before this moment not at all concerned in the slightest as to what's to come afterwards. You are here and you are fully connected with mind, body, and spirit. Placing your left hand on your chest and your right hand on your belly, I invite you to breathe slowly in and out through the nose as you keep the left hand on your chest as still as you can, as the right hand rises and falls with each breath as you draw air into the belly, expanding the diaphragm Just playing with this for a few moments on your own. A helpful tip is when you are inhaling to apply a little bit of pressure pushing outward to expand the belly. Just creating that additional space. We're going to begin by taking four seconds on the inhale and exhale, and then moving up to five once we get a little bit more comfortable. So let's exhale this next breath here, everyone. And inhale, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four. Inhale, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, inhale, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, inhale, exhale, inhale, 
Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Now we're going up to five, everyone, and inhale. Two, three, four, five. Exhale. Two, three, four, five. Inhale. Two, three, four, five. Exhale. Two, three, four, five. Inhale. Two, three, four, five. Exhale. Two, three, four, five. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Last one, everyone, and deeply in. And at the top of that breath, breathe in a little bit more. Hold three, two, one and exhale continue breathing out as far as you mindfully can as you feel your body soften into the surface where you reside drawing your awareness inward to take note of how you feel mentally emotionally and physically perhaps a bit more relaxed, more present and focused. This is the power of proper nasal diaphragmatic breathing. We take over 22,000 breaths every day, but not all breaths are created equal. The way that we breathe impacts our mental and emotional state our performance in whatever it is that we're doing and how we ultimately show up in the world for ourselves and those around us. Placing your hands now comfortably on your knees as you draw your attention back to the area where you currently reside, feeling the contact of your feet on the ground, glutes on the chair or surface where you lie, hearing the sound of my voice, my presence, your presence. And in your own time, I invite you to slowly, mindfully, open the eyes. That was much needed on a Monday. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Thank you so much for taking us through that, Sean. I know I'm going to be doing that more often. <laughs> You're so welcome. It doesn't take long. And uh, like I was saying, Jerry, this is something that you can incorporate consistently throughout the day. Obviously not with your eyes closed when you're driving, but whether you're <laughs> driving, you're having a conversation with your friend, you're, you're washing the dishes, you're getting changed, you're 
going for a walk. I am constantly focused on this now. And uh, we'll get in more to my background and the journey I've been on with my mental health. But I truly believe that this is a transformational practice that all humans can tap into. And uh, it can really give us the health and happiness we deserve. And the best part is that it doesn't cost anything. <laughs> That's like an immediate transformation with zero budget involved, which is great. One thing I really appreciated about this exercise, especially that last part, was getting that full exhale, which is where I think that it ties in nicely with how you're talking about how people don't access their all their error and their capacity to do that. And we have found that when clients of ours can access that very end of the exhale, it does allow them to get a better response to either a rib cage and alignment with the pelvis or to be able to just get more breath into their system to again and engage that parasympathetic nervous system so they can start to calm down and really start breathing less from the neck and more from the muscles that are appropriately positioned for that, like the diaphragm. Absolutely. And you think about during like a stretching motion, being able to, to exhale as you're going down, whether you're doing even like an, R, like an RDL or something yeah. along those lines. And it's really interesting how the breath can drive us and really give us our best performance. Absolutely. Yeah. So Sean, let's pivot for a second and go into your bio. You have a colorful history and I want to just talk about a couple of things. <laughs> Number one, you were a former soccer player at our very own Montclair State where we are working with their women's soccer team. Go Hawks. So go Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> You've also taken that to coach soccer, which I think was great. Then you somehow went over to, and I'm, I know the timeline's a little off here, but then you ended up in San Francisco somehow doing software sales and being really good at that. And then you had your company Inhabit, which is really where that's like the main platform that you want to start moving your life towards. But can you talk about the timeline and your background there? Yeah, absolutely. And I think sprinkled in there, I drove Lyft and Uber. I delivered right. food while scraping by to pay my rent. <laughs> I lived in England for a year. So I've been around a bit. Where would you like me to begin? Let's talk about how you went from Montclair State as a soccer player and ended up out west. Yeah, totally. So I ended up walking on my senior year at Montclair. Shout out to Coach Stack. If he mm -hmm. hears this, he's over at Rutgers now. He recruited me out of out of high school and I ended up going to UMass and played club there, had a great time, ended up going to England. But when um, yeah, my senior year, I hit him up and I said, hey, man, I want to come back and I want to walk on. And we ended up having an amazing season. We made it all the way to the Elite Eight. And it was a blast, man. I was able to get into a starting position, play in the middle among some really good players. And I grew a ton there. It was awesome. And then when I graduated, you know, I was always into entrepreneurship. Like I was the kid who like uh, had a had a snow shoveling business, like just <laughs> like, you. Yeah, yeah, just like hustling. I, love I loved, yeah. you know, doing that type of stuff. So my dad, also an entrepreneur, also into mental skills and strategies, team building. So he just looking at his path, I decided I wanted to get into that world as well, doing some entrepreneurial endeavors. And so we got a, a distributorship for a type of safety lighting that didn't require any energy. It was like an eco-friendly lighting. It's basically like bona fide glow-in-the-dark safety equipment that oh, cool. was used in like the World Trade Center and all these different wow. places because basically it didn't require any power. Yeah. And it could run for like, you know, 18, 20 hours without any exposure to light. So yeah. in the midst of, uh, you know, with the generators went out, et cetera, this was actually really helpful. So I went down that path, cool. learned a ton about anyone out there that's in sales, understands some of the anxiety that you can feel, especially in-person sales. Like I was going to like 
property managers in New York City as a 21 year old and just knocking on the door. Wow. And I had my, you know, my bag of tricks with my glow in the dark <laughs> equipment and yeah. shut the lights and <laughs> just try to pitch and that. And I learned a ton about myself, you know, going through that process. And I think it was all, you know, as you look back, you started to connect the dots and all these key things that helped you to grow to, to where you are today. So I did that. And then I decided I was just always drawn to San Francisco, Jerry. I just, Beautiful place. I, yeah, yeah, amazing place. You know, it was this hybrid. I had some friends out there, so I went out and visited once. And it was this hybrid of like New York, which had like the city vibe, but then there was also the nature piece. Yeah. Like Land's End, for those that have been out there, is a is this beautiful hiking trail and vista that just you can oversee the city. And I was just drawn to it. And then also from a technological and entrepreneurial standpoint, you have like Y Combinator and a lot of these really high level technology ventures coming out of that space. And I just always had my eye on it. And for some reason, I was just drawn there. So uh, yeah, I packed up my car, drove 3000 miles out to live with my buddy Gio that I played soccer with here on the East Coast. Yeah. And so it began, man, I got out there and was hustling doing the at that time was the Foxfire lighting thing. And uh, definitely was it was hard, like struggling to pay my rent. So I, I started driving Lyft and Uber and delivering food and just anything to kind of get by and did that for about a year and a half or two years. And then I pivoted and got into a completely different space into the foreign currency world. Massive wow. pivot. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a pivot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seamless pivot, not really. <laughs> and I started I started working with a few guys on that. I was doing business development and sales there. And ultimately, you know, Jerry, I just always felt that, you know, wellness was my path. Mm -hmm. Like I had been a personal trainer and as you had mentioned, played soccer and I coached high school soccer as well. That was always my thing, but I couldn't quite figure out how I could create a business out of that. And is, candidly, I was also scared. Like I didn't know how I could, and I didn't want to taint my passion. My At that point, I was very deep into meditation and I didn't want to almost taint my world of how I was helping myself to grow in my practices and potentially putting dollars behind it because it, it changes the relationship it with does. it. You know, like when you're, you know, me sitting on, you know, at Land's End overlooking the bay, you know, when the sun is rising and I'm having these beautiful moments of, you know, meditating and then being like, all right, like I have to use this stuff as a way to try to pay my bills. It, yeah. cha it changes it. So I kept that separate for a while. But as I got into eventually tech sales, I saw, and just to rewind a little bit, when I was in England, I was struggling with anxiety and depression. And that was what originally got me into meditation. And it was transformational. It taught me a ton about self-love. It taught me about how to be present and not time travel and truly affect the only place that we can right now mm -hmm. is the, this moment right yeah, now. Exactly. And then right now again. <laughs> yeah. I love that, you know, you had to go through this painful journey yourself as far as dealing with some mental health things going on when you're in England and how you use this as a way to get yourself out of that on top of everything else you're doing for your own wellness journey. And then now bringing it back into the States, but now this culminating into something that you actually not only can, for lack of a better word, make a living off of, but also will actually benefit the people that you're going to be doing this with. And it sounds like you've already had a lot of benefit on impact on people just from you deciding to make that endeavor happen. Yeah, and I really appreciate you saying that, definitely. I think it was when I eventually decided to jump in and do it, it was people around me knew that like I would always go down this path. I just eventually took that leap and 
the relationships that I've created and just seeing being able to impact people with their mental health and performance and just seeing them unlock that potential. And I work with, granted, it's everything from sales executives in tech to 13-year-old soccer players to I'll do sessions with, you know, I, like I told you before, my, my Lyft driver. Yes. Like, and I've done two of those like randomly outside. So I'm like love it. on this yeah. path to impact humanity in a way that is lasting. And mm. I wake up every day with the same pure intention to just genuinely help people because the people that I've met along my journey and what they've taught me, like when I first got into meditation, when I was going to school in England, it was a international university. There were a thousand kids and for 130 nations and on my floor, no nation repeated itself. Amazing. And yeah. there was a Cambodian American that was down the hall from me and he would literally take us out into the park every night and every day and we would meditate. And you know, I just think about what he taught me and how he opened up my mind and my heart to so many things. And you know, it's that classic thing of just paying it forward. And I'm looking to do it on a scale that, like I said, has a lasting impact on humanity. Yeah, and you know, I'm glad that we we're seeing you in part of that, as part of that journey, which is great. <laughs> and whatever we can do to help impact you, we'd be happy to continue doing that as well. One of the things you mentioned before was also how, at least in our pre previous conversation where you had also worked with Olympians and Paralympians too. Did you also bring in your breathing flow and breathing exercises into that space as well? Yes, yes. So I worked with the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic community, Committee, rather, and this was on the employee side, though. Yeah. I wasn't working specifically with the athletes. Mm -hmm. I am partnered in working with that organization. My hope is eventually oh, yeah. to be able to get in with the athletes and help them, but it's a joy to be able to even support the employees. They're great people over there, and they do a lot of awesome work. That's great. It's funny, on our last podcast, we actually had an expert in eating disorders, and one of the startling stats was just the rate of suicide in our young people. And I feel like if we were to just, along with many other things, even getting these kids to just calm down, reduce their anxiety about life and such, I find breathing could probably be a very safe and effective avenue to help these kids, along with the other help they're getting, to be able to de-risk that tendency towards suicide so they can have a more grounded life so that they can make decisions that are going to be more helpful than harmful for them. How do you think that might impact them? I love that you brought this up, Jerry. I appreciate it. And no, I completely agree. And I'm looking at the statistics. So the CDC runs this report called the Youth Risk Survey, and they ran it from 2011 to 2021, and they just released their findings two weeks ago. And it found that over 30% of teen girls seriously considered suicide yeah. during the year of 2021. And it, first of all, it, it breaks my heart. I'm an empath. I deeply feel the pain of other people, but it also, it fires me up and gets me up in the morning about why I am doing what I'm doing and why I believe I'm here on earth to be yeah. able to help people in this way. And even, yeah, the ability to better manage the breathing side and then also having that deeper sense of self-awareness. And I think this is where the meditation piece and then also with the method that I developed incorporating things like daily journaling. And being able to have that deeper reflection and getting to know yourself in a way that is on your, what are your emotional tendencies? What are the things that are making you frustrated or triggers? Almost. Triggers, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because it's so valuable to take that time for that introspection. And I think in a world that is so heavily driven by externalities, you know, you think about social media. I, I read a statistic the other day that we check our phones 300 times a day. 
And I can see that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. they're very shiny. And, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, these toys. But I think about that a lot with the younger generations. And I don't know if you've seen the movie, the documentary, The Social Dilemma. Yes. Um, and how Powerful. these yeah. systems, you know, and platforms were designed to really, I mean, let's be, let's face it, prey on the dopamine systems of, of young people and how taking time away to, and I, I'll tell you a story quick with one of my, yeah. one of my clients that's 13. I remember the first session that we did we were i was getting to know him on a deeper level he was struggling a little bit with his self-confidence and was just feeling down in some areas and he was like you know man i just feel sometimes that like i'll just sit on my bed and i'll look at my phone and it'll just drain me mm -hmm. look at it for two hours and i don't want to go outside and i don't want to work on my chipping for golf i don't want to go and work on my goal kicks and go play with my friends and we just talked about the power of airplane mode and this is not just for airplanes for everyone <laughs> yeah. that's listening and it was pivotal honestly and just having him to be able to disconnect because these platforms if you are constantly focused on going on there for hours on end and you're looking outwards at all these other people in their best moments you know and not the reality of of life truthfully so a lot of things I talk about with young people is just taking time to make sure you disconnect from that and go inward and being able to sit in stillness and better understand who you are and, uh, and just understand how amazing you are and your uniqueness. And that when we are constantly looking outwards for whether it's validation or understanding, we can miss the true essence of who we are. Yeah, that was so well said. And speaking of social media, Unfortunately, or fortunately, we have to do this for business as well. And I find myself sometimes in the trap of Instagram myself. Oh, absolutely. So there are times when I actually have to delete the app for a good week <laughs> just to unplug and like restore my dopamine to normal levels and stuff like that before I have to go back on there. But I'm like, gosh, you know, the one day I just want to, my wife and I were like, one day we're going to go off the grid <laughs> and no one's going to find us because, you know, this is, this kind of world is not the way that we want to live our lives. But Unfortunately, it does help our business. So it's one of those necessary evils sometimes. But to your point, one of the things that I do also is just kind of manage my screen time to see, just kind of see quantitatively how much I've been on social, whatever. I'm like, oh, it's a long time. So without even realizing it sometimes, oh, right? You're yeah, like, oh my God, right. all of a sudden you're locked in. It's, but it's sneaky, man. It, it really is sneaky. It, it'll yeah. sneak up on you. And one of the things that I did two years ago, I did a silent meditation retreat for myself for five days. And so I, I literally, I turned off my phone and I got an Airbnb for five days and I did three 90 minute meditation sessions, morning, afternoon, and night. I had one book with me, which was the untethered soul. I don't know if you've ever oh, no, but that sounds powerful. I yeah. Michael Singer, I believe amazing book. And this was at a time when I was transitioning from being in tech sales to starting in habit. And I just did a lot of deep work and in, in, uh, introspection, reflection, and would go on mindful walks out in nature, walking at people thought probably there was something wrong with me because I was walking so <laughs> slow, but I didn't talk for five days. And being in that stillness, it's so fascinating how your perception of reality completely transforms. Things slow down, you're much more connected to yourself and nature. And then when you do speak, there's just... It, there's so much more. I mean, it's beautiful, honestly. Yeah. Like when you start, I remember the first time talking to somebody afterwards. So 
I did that with the silent meditation retreat. I'm also planning to do in the next year, dark retreat. I don't know if you've heard of these before. These are, this is a very ancient practice where you literally go down, whether it's into a, and this is run by a company. This isn't just on my own, but whether it's in a home or some folks do it in caves where it's four days of darkness and it's deep meditation and just basically space. So I think these, now these are more intense versions of what I'm talking about, just being in stillness versus like the airplane mode and maybe just doing some breathing. (laughs) Maybe that's step one. Uh, But uh, yeah, just, I think for the younger generations and then also adults as well is like, we can all get sucked into it is just taking time to be in stillness. Yeah. Um, it's just, is such an important practice. I feel like with the busyness of working and raising kids and whatnot, all the distractions that are around us, it's definitely hard to keep grounded and hard to be self-aware. And definitely even in the last, what, three minutes that we did this breathing exercise, it definitely helped to just help me shake off the morning that we had, we talked about <laughs> earlier. And so I really can appreciate that. It seems, it sounds like we're actually on a, we were actually on a similar journey where I also did a silent retreat many years ago for three days. Really? And it was a very powerful time for me, unplugged. I told my wife, you can't reach me. And the level of calmness and I would say in a weird way, fulfillment that came out of this mm. was really powerful. And for a whole year, I just felt that benefit just amazing. Wow. And I was like, you know what? I got to do this more often. And unfortunately, because of life, kids and business, it didn't turn out that way. But you've reminded me that's something I do want to do again. Tell me more and tell our listeners more about Inhabit. Yeah, absolutely. So I started Inhabit. This was January of 2021. So when I was in tech sales, that was during COVID, I finally had got to the position that I wanted to. So I was in 2017, I got into tech sales and for three and a half years, I grinded. You know, Mm. I first started out at the bottom of the barrel doing cold calls, just, you know, basically rebuilding my my career because I the things that I had done in the startup world on a resume do not directly transfer to when you're coming in. So I started out at the you know at the bottom of the totem pole, and during that time, it was so interesting to see the practices that I had developed. So I was doing the Wim Hof method, which yeah. is a breathwork and cold exposure technique, amazing practice, which yeah. I got trained in. I eventually, ended up getting trained in. I was using meditation, self reflection, hacking my morning routines exercise, proper diet, visualization, all these things that really helped me a to keep my mental health strong because again, for those out there in sales or for those out there that's ever been rejected, uh, (laughs) it's just, you know, people hang up on you. People ask you how they got this number, how you got this number. It's just intense basically. So every day when I would get up in the morning, I was living up in Sonoma about an hour and a half away from San Francisco. I would do a five minute cold shower and I would close my eyes. It's at five o'clock in the morning and I would just breathe. And it taught me so many things about being able to sit in an uncomfortable situation and be able to surrender and just allow yourself to stay calm under pressure. And I saw that these performance hacks could actually be a business. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, like not only can this help on the mental health side, mm-hmm. but this is a very interesting way to elevate performance because I went from being, you know, outside of tech, like as I mentioned, you know, struggling to get by with delivering food, driving <laughs> Lyft and Uber. And then I became a top rep on, on a few of these teams mm-hmm. amongst some other amazing reps. And so I learned a ton in that process. And so fast forward now to the pandemic 
and you know, very difficult time for many of us from a mental health perspective, loneliness, confusion around information, generally just getting sick, you know, it was very challenging. And so I was up in Lapine, Oregon, and I was on a camping trip. It was a seven o'clock in the morning and it's a beautiful morning. And I was sitting on this picnic table and I was meditating and I just had some very clear information and feelings come through that I needed to leave the path that I was on and move into my true passion of wellness to be able to serve people through meditation and breathing and these things I've thought about for years. Mm -hmm. And so here I am, I open my eyes and I even get chills talking about this. Like it was so visceral. And I just thought to myself, I was like, wow, this is great. I know my purpose. And then I was like, oh, dang, like I now need to then pivot and figure this all out. Right. Like, you know, my, everything was, my path was completely set. I knew how to go from, I was at the mid-market level, which I was working with companies that were, you know, 500 to a few thousand. And then I wanted to eventually get into the enterprise, which are, you know, larger companies and then so on from there. And then I basically had to shift gears. So at that time I was looking at the suicide, the anxiety, the depression rates. And as I mentioned with my own mental health challenges, I really felt this almost like deep moral obligation to go and leave and do it. Now, that started out as a whisper. And then four months later from that meditation, it was like a scream. It got really intense. And I fell into a bit of darkness actually around that time and blessed my family and my friends who supported me during that and gave me the support and agency to, to leave that job that, you know, comfy, it paid really well. Yeah. And it was had a fast growth tech company and I, yeah, I left and I, the first idea that I had was to, and I will do this one day through Inhabit, was to create a new type of training facility. Imagine Equinox meets the rainforest in like a nature-driven fitness experience. Beautiful. And it had all these rad tenants to what Inhabit is today around breathwork rooms and cold plunge tanks. Even the equipment was nature and wooden and it was a complete disconnection from how gyms are typically run today. No mirrors, mentor system, you know, tree in the middle that had these like lily pad like meditation pads that people were going. So cool. You could wow. even, you know, pick your own um, fruits and vegetables to bring to the smoothie bar. Like, wow. and, but the thing was, is during that time, like in terms of physical spaces, from a business perspective, looking at COVID, couldn't have been a dumber decision to go and try that. So I was like, okay, what would this look like with no physical space? And then Inhabit was born as a way to create a, this take this training methodology that brings in a number of these holistic practices that I studied from, you know, thousands of years ago that Tibetan monks practice, like was, for example, Tumo, which is actually the origin of the Wim Hof method. Oh, yeah. That Tumo is a the Wim Hof method is a derivative of Tumo, and so I studied all these different practices, and yeah, created this method. And I started doing first free sessions with my friends and family, teaching them about breathing and meditation, and just started to get my chops up. And then did a pilot group and ran people through the methodology for a month and looked at the pre and post, and I was like. I think we actually have something here. I love that. And uh, yeah, and then it was August 2021, we launched and within a few months, you know, started training publicly traded companies, worked with Compass, New Relic, and the rest is kind of history, man. But I mean, granted, it's been lots of ups and downs along the way, but you know, two years later from when I originally launched it, 
I'm really feeling the momentum in terms of the clients that we're serving, the scale. We have an app now that folks folks can use. So it's been a beautiful journey. Wow. Is that the Inhabit app then? Yeah, the Inhabit app. Yep. Wow. I'm just looking. Did you actually design it? Yeah, I worked with a, I did some of the design work and then I worked with a team as well. Really? So cool. Because we always wanted to actually create an app too. I have found that even with physiotherapy, I do love it, but there are definitely some areas and gaps that doesn't cover as a profession. And I always found things like adding meditation, wellness, even nutrition, and other sort of other healthcare providers into this mix would be a more complete picture of what we can do and the impact of that on our clients would be even more massive as far as it's not just about, you know, getting physical therapy. It's so much more than that. This is just a start. If we can get people just get to get them to a baseline and get them onto this, this path of transformation through being in that same community of people who are on the same track. That's kind of the vision I see, but I feel like you're on the same kind of pathway. It's really kind of cool to see. That's awesome, man. Yeah, no, I think that insight is so important to call out because it looks at the whole human as a holistic, you know, it's a system. It's a system. And if you're just treating one part of it, it doesn't get the full picture. For sure. And I even, you can see this just back to the breathing thing, because this is obviously a clear obsession of mine. (laughs) You can take the most healthy person in the world, Iron Man best diet but if that person if he or she is not breathing the right way they will never reach their optimal health and there are like missing pieces and then you think about from a sleep perspective you think about how you're fueling yourself and then you know the inter interpersonal components what is their self-talk like so there are all these things that they tie in together and i think that's what a lot of my methodology is around is like when i meet with people they ask what i do And there are so many aspects to the methodology, but at the end of the day, it's helping them to unlock their full potential. Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) Definitely a parallel between Inhabit and Next Level, which is really kind of cool to see. You know, I really want people to also learn more about Wim Hof because I feel like that has been sort of transformational for me personally. And then also the cold immersion. Amazing. I think my life has been different for the last six months, just physically as I'm getting quote unquote older. (laughs) You don't look like you're getting older. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> how, how old are you, by the way? Uh, I will be 48 in about six weeks. Less than that. <laughs> Epic, man. Yeah. Epic. Thank I, you. Yeah. Very inspiring. Very inspiring. <laughs> so talk to us more about kind of Wim Hof and the training there. And because uh, I find that it can be beneficial for our patients who have had chronic issues too. Yeah. So the Wim Hof method is a blend of breath work and cold exposure. His methodology involves, and he doesn't, like there are things that we differ in how we approach things with breathing. He does his, the breathing technique, I'll just describe that brief, briefly, is it's 30 breaths. It can go in through the nose, out through the mouth, just in through the mouth, out through the mouth. And then what happens is on that 30th deep breath, and these are full body breaths. And the reason why that this is so powerful is that and why I always guide people first to breathing before just doing meditation on its own is that if you have somebody sit and you just ask them to meditate, they are typically, if they haven't done it before, there are going to be many thoughts that are echoing around the head, around their mind. And it can be very distracting when you breathe, especially in a deep way, like Wim Hof does, or, you know, Tumo, which was the origin it really gives them something physical that they can feel and it's immediate. So, so it allows the mind to focus on the breathing opposed to, Oh my God, am I going to make my rent or I'm anxious about this, or I need to call that person because I mean, you know, when when you're doing the breath work, his deep breathing, you're there, like you're nowhere else. And so 
his the science behind what he's done i mean specifically there's autoimmune disease i don't know if you've seen any of the videos on youtube about people who he's helped with autoimmune disease i mean literally there's one video it has like seven i think like six or seven million views on youtube one of his somebody that he had trained that then eventually became a, a trainer of his method had autoimmune disease literally from the waist down was not able to able to walk oh um was yeah. his system was you know, as you know autoimmune attacking itself and yeah. he was slowly deteriorating and through the cold exposure and the deep breathing he was able to elevate his health to a way where the guy's like running marathons now and wow. he's training people in this in, in this methodology so from the way that it impacts stress and anxiety to how it elevates the immune system i don't know if you saw the the specific study that he did where he was given E. coli. Did you see this? No, this is fascinating. This is what blew my mind. And for those out there, this is all, you you could research that you can check. This This is all based in fact. So what happened was, this might've been maybe 10 or 15 years ago. When I read this study, this is what really got me in. So he was he had talked about how his methodology can elevate the immune system to a way that it can help to impact keeping somebody as healthy as possible, regardless of the situation or what's coming into the body. So he was put into a room with a group of international scientists. I think he was in Holland, I want, I want to say. That's where he originally, is originally from. And he was given a dose of E. coli that 15,000 other people were given mm. and all of them got sick. Wow. He was the only person that was able to not get sick during that injection. Wow. And, and then they were like, this is erroneous. This was basically, you're an outlier. And I, we don't know what just happened, but it wasn't real. And he was like, okay, I'm going to go and train. I believe it was 10 or 15 other people. And I'm going to be back in six weeks. And he did. He brought all those people back and they all did the same thing. Wow. And after seeing that and reading that, I was like, okay, I need to go and experience this myself. So I I did it for probably three or four years before I started in habit. And I mean, from the mental clarity to just the, also like the general calmness that you feel like I, have we talked about what I do in upstate New York at all and how he's inspired me with cold exposure at all. So I, my parents got a place in upstate New York and I've been spending time up there since I moved back from California and I will literally cut holes in the ice and go and sit in it. And, and me and my brother, Todd, who we both have had our challenges with mental health and we found a lot of solace and peace by sitting in the ice, similar to what I spoke about before when I was starting my sales career. If you can sit in highly uncomfortable Mm -hmm. situations and simply breathe, you go into this deep meditative state that it's highly empowering. So, um, and what's incredible is that he's created this movement on earth of all these people that are going into the cold and conquering their fears. Because if you think about it, if you can sit in 30 something degree weather or water rather and breathe, you know, you can go up and talk to that girl or go make that (laughs) phone call or, you know, and do that presentation. And so it's very interesting how it impacts the psyche. Yeah. That seems to go along with that concept of hormesis, which is exposure to things that are uncomfortable Mm. over time, whether it's certain, even certain foods to some degree or elements, like you said, can really build that resilience in our system. And it can also lead to longevity in a healthier way, because whether it's cold or heat exposure, 
yes. being in discomfort and being able to still breathe in that situation can really equip you to handle life's stresses at work as well, I found. In fact, this morning, as I was having a situation here, I found myself going right into my breathing. Okay, bring it down. And then that just changed my voice quality, which also helped this particular client also to step away from the ledge, if we'll just say. And I found that to be just everyone just sort of downregulating at the same time. So putting that to action, I think even a couple of years ago, I probably would have been sort of stuck in that position as well and just been like, oh my God, just kind of get reactive. But that has definitely been very helpful. So that's awesome. Yeah. It's amazing. And because the thing is that we're energetic beings, we, yeah. we sense that with each other. And this is one of the reasons why I'm spending more time in, in school districts and working with teachers because of when they show up from a place of presence and calm and connectivity, the kids feel that, you know, yes. even honestly, even sometimes even more so yeah. than adults, you know? And so that exact example of if a teacher comes in from a place of stress and being like, I can't wait for the ballot three, the kid, even if it's not even from a conscious understanding, subconsciously and energetically, they feel that and that impacts them. So I'm really trying to empower teachers as well with some of these techniques and practices to keep them in a calm, focused and relaxed state throughout the day. That's exciting, man. So you also have done some work with, it seems recently Maybelline. Yes. yes. Tell us about that. Yeah. Th I appreciate you bringing that up. So this yeah. was the most, this was a really exciting chapter in, in my career because mm -hmm. one, it, the depth of who I'm going to be, who I'm working with right now and how I'm training them. So I'm doing training sessions, not only internally with the Maybelline team in New York, shout out to Maddie Chambers. If she hears it, she's my point of contact over there. She's a friend. She's amazing. But I'm also working with their influencers and training them. Nice. So, you know, they have very far, they have large the Instagram accounts. And so they're reaching and touching a lot of people. And for me, it's like, if I can empower people that are I mean, these, they're putting out content to hundreds of thousands of people on a daily basis. Mm. So if they're in a calm, same thing, if they're in a calm place, they're feeling confident with themselves and they have that self-love, like they create from that space too. So it was a pretty cool moment. I and mean, actually when we spoke, Jerry, last Monday in, in, in preparation for this, I had just gotten off my first training session with the Maybelline team. And this is, this was one of the largest corporate accounts that I ever got and just rewinding the clock back to you know two years ago when I first started this and the ups and downs and the trials and tribulations of being an entrepreneur and the self-doubt and it's it was a really it's intense journey, yeah. honestly. And after I got off that call, and it was the best session I ever ran. That's awesome. It was like I had done so many sessions. They that that point that was like seven. 20 to 728. And I think about like some of the early sessions with like my mom and my dad and all the belief that they gave me. And then finally getting to that session and them jumping off the call. And I just, I honestly, man, I lay down on my bed and I looked up to the ceiling and I wept. And I literally just sobbed because it was with joy because of everything that had I went through to get to that point and to be like, okay, this was a big milestone that this company had taken this chance on me for, you know, the X amount of months for a contract, the longest contract that I ever got. And uh, it came from just me deciding to not play small, man, and take a chance on myself and go after what I wanted and what I believed in. I love that. I love those kind of stories. One thing I want to just end our session with is, are there any sort of morning or maybe even evening routines as far as mental health meditation go that you can share with our audience to help them 
either ground themselves before they start their day. Obviously, breathing is part of it, um, and, or even end their day in a certain way to get them the best sleep that they can to be ready for the next day. Yeah, totally. So I can do both. I'll start out first with the morning routine. So one thing that I'm a big fan of is, first of all, as soon as you wake up, and I'm sure you share this with your clients as well, is that you know, 20, minimum 20 ounces of water. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. We lose it's something like a liter of water every night when we sleep just from the humidity in our breath. So being able to rehydrate immediately is going to set you up in a good place. The second piece, and this is back to technology, is just don't touch the phone. Yeah. The first like 20, 30 minutes of the morning, like as much as you want to like check out cat memes or, <laughs> you know, go on your email and start responding, like just resist as much as you can. And now I know everybody from kids, from work stuff, like everybody has their own obligations. But if you can create a little bit of that space, because what we know from a scientific standpoint is that when you come out of, when you first wake up, your brain is in this beautiful floaty alpha state. And what we, if we immediately start to go into these highly heady processes of texting or writing email, we miss this opportunity to access the subconscious, which may have, you know, these amazing secrets and guidance for us. So what I will have my clients do is wake up, 20, 30 ounces of water, and then going into some form of breathing or meditation for folks that may not want to explore the breathing side of it and maybe do the more on the meditation piece. I would recommend a counting meditation. I, this is like the foundation of what I have folks start with. And this is super simple. All you have to do is find a place to ideally sit down, keeping the back and neck relatively straight. And then you count each inhale and exhale up to 10. And the key thing with this is that every time that the mind gets distracted and thinks of another thought, you go back down to one and you start again. Mm. And so what this does is it trains the mind to, to be focused and it's incredibly powerful when done on a consistent basis. Your research shows us that it takes around 66 days to create a habit. So by doing this consistently every day, what you'll find is that your capacity and the amount of space that you have is actually quite large when you're starting out your day with doing this type of meditation or breathing. The second thing is that I have folks transition into the journaling and reflection. Mm -hmm. I love to start out with three to five things that I'm grateful for. And the reason why is that I think perspective is so important. I think about times in my life when I was in depression or anxious, and I just had my blinders on, man. Couldn't see past my own BS, honestly. Mm -hmm. It was using gratitude as a way you can always find something yeah always, always find something an example of this is i think about even turning on running water like there are people that have to walk five miles a day whether it's in africa or parts of the world to even get running water yeah. and so you can find these little gifts and it frames your perspective in such a way that it elevates your energy so i love after the meditation piece breathing piece go into three to five things that you're grateful for. And then you go into this, whether it's, you can frame it as a data dump or just releasing to where you can just put something simple, like right now I'm feeling, and then just flow without analysis, without judgment, and allow yourself to flow out onto the page, whether it's emotions, things that you're frustrated about, aspirations, things that you have to handle or conversations you need to have. And it's so interesting, Jerry, by doing this on a consistent basis, 
you develop that deeper relationship with yourself and you exercise the intuition and deeper emotional states that we all have, which can get masked by cat memes or like whatever (laughs) the flip side of that is that we would normally do. Like you're now, so now you do all these things and it could be 15 minutes, man. I mean that you can do this. And then you go on to that first component and we haven't, and then ideally you're getting some sunlight too. There's, that's really powerful going on a walk. Like that is great to do in the morning, maybe a little bit of movement, but yeah, like hop it there. Cause there's a lot, there's a lot that (laughs) to explore, but those are the key things that I would say in the morning side, I can hit a little bit on the evening to close. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Yeah. So I I'll keep this, I'll keep this brief if I can. Um, so the, one of the biggest things is before bed, being able to one ditch the screens. Yeah. I think that's a huge one. It's like it, two hours before bedtime, I think, right? More yep, or less. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cause the blue light, you know, it tricks yeah. us into thinking that it's daytime. It blocks the production of melatonin. So this has people staying up much later than normal jacks up the sleep. And then it, it's a vicious cycle. The next day we feel like crap, et cetera. So I have my clients ditch the screens, ideally reading something light, like fiction, for example, like I think, and I'm, I can definitely fall into this trap of where, you know, I'm reading these really heavy topics on like the nervous system and right. it's too cerebral, right. you know, like, so I like, <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. So I'm, I've been reading more, like more fantasy mm-hmm. lately. I've just putting myself into like kind of a floaty, like a lot of dreamy state. And then also stopping your water consumption, you know, within ideally by like seven or eight o'clock. So getting your hydration done because we know no one likes to wake up and go to the bathroom interrupts your sleep. And then to, and then to close, I, and I'll go back to the breathing again, doing what we started out with today, lying down, left hand on the chest, right hand on the belly, slow, intentional, diaphragmatic nasal breaths, really feeling the belly rise up and down. I've done this with high school kids that says it helps them fall asleep, business, stress, business executives, and just doing that for even three to four minutes of how it down regulates the nervous system or calms you down. And it really puts you in a relaxed state to, to help you fall asleep faster. Yeah. Those are the big ones that I call out. I love that. Of course, I'm as a parent myself, and I'm sure there are many parents listening to this. They're thinking, well, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. He doesn't have kids. Exactly. He's not married yet. But I have found for myself, I would retreat to my car sometimes when my kids were little, and that would be my quiet space for going to work. I'd say, okay, I can't get in the house whenever there's too much going on, but I can get it just before I go into the house to see my family as I end my day from work and get some of that calmness so I can be there for my kids and wife. Or in the morning before I start my day, I can sit in the car before I go to work and also get the same kind of meditation involved as well. I love the journaling aspect. One thing I liked, love about journaling is I'll go back three, four or five years sometimes and look at my old journals and I can see my thought processes then and just see the transformation that I've evolved into now. And it's like, oh, wow, I come a long way. So amazing. Um, I love it. Yeah. But Sean, thank you so much for coming on our show. I really appreciated having you come on. And I love that if you were on the same path in different ways, brothers from another mother, maybe. <laughs> and so I'm excited to see you on your journey and anything we can do to help you grow and help your audience grow because I love this 1 million concept for you to get up the 1 million people to breathe the right way. What are some things, how are some ways that people can actually reach out to you? 
Yeah, totally. And again, thank you so much to Jerry, to Raphael, <laughs> and just to all the people here at Next Level for having me on. It's an honor, honestly. Yeah. So a few things. So on my Instagram is at inhabit mind body. TikTok is the same. There's also, and we'll put the link down in the show notes to the app, which is watch.inhabitmindbody.com. And for your listeners, Jerry, I've put out using the code beyond physio one month free to the app and (laughs) you're so welcome you're so welcome and that app consists of guided meditations breathwork experiences stretching routines how to make simple delicious dishes and even things like mental strategies like how to build confidence how to build self-confidence and how to use visualization to achieve what you want in life so yeah folks can go Go to the app and use Beyond Physio to get one month one month free. And then also for folks that email me that are interested in exploring a free 20-minute breathing experience, I'm happy to offer that cool. to folks as well. And then my website is inhabitmindbody.com for folks that want to just check out what I'm all about. And yeah, man, I mean, I feel like we, we covered a lot of ground. Oh, yeah. It was such a fun experience. Oh, awesome. yeah, I literally, as, as I told you when I got here, I was in Colombia. You know, literally- The country la- of Colombia. <laughs> the country of Colombia, <laughs> yeah. Last night, I got in early this morning, got a few hours of sleep. Thank God we had a little bit of coffee that, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> to get me going. But uh, yeah, just amazing opportunity to come in and share my message and just try to help people as much as I can. Awesome, Sean. Thank you. And all that information will be on our show notes. Until our next episode, have a great day, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. It really does mean a lot to us. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, or comment if you got at least one or two helpful insights or takeaways to help you get to your next level.